Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. And today we most definitely are in the locker room and we are talking karate. We're joined by Sensei Jesse Sim and Senpai Taylor Murray. We'll find out what all that means in a moment. Hello to Jesse and to Taylor. Day, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah. Let's start ladies first. Uh, Taylor, Japanese graded second dan black belt in the art of Gojukai karate. You started at seven years old. Senpai, is that the female version of Sensei? Let's start with that question first. No, so unfortunately not. So when you grade for your first dan and your second dan, your title becomes senpai, which is assistant teacher. And then once you get your third dan, you become a sensei, which Jesse is. So he's graded for his third dan, which allows him the title of sensei, which is technically the master in karate. And then senpai just means assistant. Um, So I've got one more belt until I'm a sensei. And how long does it take you to get to where you are? Sure. So my journey has been a little bit of a long one, um, but so is JC's. So <laughs> essentially, you have to be certain ages to grade to certain belts um, in our style of karate. Very much dependent on what style that you do, depending on their gradings. And for us, we have a leeway break. So once you get your first dan, which is your shodan, so your first black belt, you have to wait a minimum of two years before you can grade to your second dan. Then on second dan, it's three-year wait to grade to your third dan, and then so on and so forth. So the longer you go, essentially, the more time between, unless you are exceptional and you've reached the age requirement, and then you can grade to your next belt. So, Telly, you started at seven. Jesse, you started at five. It's obviously the yeah. kind of sport that you got to start early. To get to where um, you are today. Yeah, I suppose you do have to start early when it comes to the sport. Um, it just depends on what you want to do as well. So, I mean, there there are two sides of karate. There's the traditional component of it, and then there's the sport component as well. Um, the sport component, yeah, I would recommend starting early. But um, the traditional side, start at 55 if you want to. It's it's um, it's really no issue. Um, everyone's got their own journey and their own way of seeing things. So... Yeah, I mean, in our dojo at the moment, we've got some 45-year-olds that have just graded to purple belt. They're all trying to get their black belt eventually. But both of you are teaching at schools. And I remember when when my kid was young, I want to do judo. I want to do judo. And there's so many kids (laughs) that do judo. In my day, it was mainly outside of school. But clearly, it's now back into schools. And it's a good thing that it is. But do you find that a large percentage of the kids that participate at school fall away as the other sports grapple and grab them up, Jesse? Um, <laughs> I'll let Jess answer, yes. <laughs> I suppose it just depends on mom and dad, um, because uh, generally it's mom and dad that enrolls them into the sport. So if they want them to continue, it generally happens. But you are correct. Some kids do fall away where it's, oh, no, I want to do soccer, or I want to do cricket, or I want to do swimming, or the karate gets a little bit tough, and uh, they want to stop and go and do something else that's less physical. So it can happen. Um, but I suppose in our doses, we try quite hard to keep everyone and make it a as fun of an, an environment with a lot of learning as possible. Taylor, let's talk about how you get to so where you are right now. Japanese graded second dan belt in Goju Kai karate. Explain what Goju Kai is to us. So Jess will probably have a lot more deeper depth of detail compared to what I do, but 
basically Gojikai is our specific style that we do. So our specific movements, our techniques, all of those things we do is based off of our style syllabus. Whereas you'll have multiple other styles. So for example, you've got Shotokan, you've got Gojuru, which is a derivative of Gojikai. So we do very similar techniques, but we're also unique in our own way because we do things differently compared to everybody else. And each person that you speak to that does karate will be very loyal to their own style and there'll be always that bit of banter in between. For me particularly, it's been a very long journey, you know, starting so young. It was a part of my life. And like Jesse said, you know, parents are like, okay, you have one sport that you can do outside of school. You know, we have to do sports at school, but one thing you have to do out. So I was given the option of whether I was doing gymnastics or karate and I chose to do karate. And when I got my first dan, I landed up stopping for a short period of time. And it's something that becomes a part of your life and something that, especially when you're so young, it molds you into who you are it gives you certain confidence it gives you a certain ability to stand up for yourself in a way that most other sports don't and you feel so much more empowered being able to say okay cool great I know karate like you know I can hold my own against somebody and the fact that we all have such a different style and such different techniques that we're all still able to come together within the karate world because we're all doing the same sport and we're all able to be together so i hope that answers your question because i it does went sideways no, very, with that. <laughs> very well thank you now that's fantastic and then jesse when you you look at the sport of karate and in your case this is obviously a sport it's not about fighting and beating somebody up is it at all um no so it's it's more teaching you how to defend yourself in a situation where you would need to yeah, everyone has the idea that you just go and beat everyone else up in karate um which isn't necessarily true. So yeah, you get taught how to defend yourself. But yeah, when it comes to traditional karate, that's where you learn the self-defense part of it. And you learn how to defend yourself if ever you need to outside of the dojo. Um, and then when it comes to sport karate, obviously that's less, well, no, it's not less physical, but it, it's based on a point system where a hit to the stomach is one point. Um, you can't really hit the face unless it's a very light skin touch if you're older than 18. And you try and score your points as much as or as far as possible. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not not about beating everybody up. It's a very common misconception about karate. But um, yeah, it's just a general stereotype that everyone everyone sort of listens to. So tell me, are there iconic movies that we see? Yeah, there's Rocky Balboa in a Rocky movie, and then there's obviously the Karate Kid. How real was that movie in terms of? karate as it is in today's world do people stand um, on a, a pole with their leg up in the air like a praying mantis i mean, I mean that's the <laughs> iconic shot of the karate i mean do you, um, do you both do that or not so that standing on one leg on a pole no <laughs> um, <laughs> that puts you in a very vulnerable position but there are certain elements in the movie that are sort of true i mean you, you, you've seen where he makes him watch the car and he does wax on wax off yeah i was going to ask that um, next yeah <laughs> yeah so those those are sort of based on karate movements where you block inside and outside so it is sort of similar um you know that's the karate kid the original one from i think the 80s was actually yeah. based on goju our style which is a lot more flowing and redirection of energy and power that's generally where um you know mr miyagi's 
form of karate comes from. And if you look at Cobra Kai, that's also a different style of karate. So there are some some true aspects, but there there's a lot of trickery and some made up nonsense in there as well. <laughs> but I'm sure it must have done the sport of karate, the world of good, especially like the new series that's out as well. Oh yes, yeah, no, it definitely did. I think Cobra Kai came out last year on Netflix. And as soon as that came out, we had a whole bunch of kids coming to us saying that they want to learn how to do Cobra Kai. So we're like, we'll teach you something like that. <laughs> Taylor, when we look at your career, I guess a lot of it was obviously sports-based, but then there's also that self-defense. You know, there's so much gender-based violence in this country, which is so bad and so terrible. But I mean, it's terrible that you have to do something to protect yourself against it. But ultimately, you have no choice, do you? No, you know, and not living in South Africa, females don't really have a choice. You know, I can be walking in the shop and something can happen. You know, I can be driving ironically to training and something can happen in the car my way there. There is statistically in this country, there is, I mean, we are one of the most dangerous countries in the world for gender-based violence. And, you know, it's not just a question of little girls being able to understand the word no and say no don't touch me or you know they don't it's about everybody you know there are little boys who are victims too there are little girls who are victims and it's helping the kids especially the kids understand that no means no you know if something is happening let us show you how to get out of it because you'll be able to have that level of confidence to go okay at least I know how to do something instead of not being able to do anything you know, and one of the things that we really do teach the kids is that if somebody that you don't know is coming up to you, yes, scream, shout, fight, punch, kick, whatever you can do to get out of that situation. But if you're at school and you're in the playground, you never throw the first punch. We don't encourage kids to go out and be violent towards their friends or their family. We encourage them to be violent against somebody who is taking them, who is kidnapping them, who is, you know, trying to do something terrible to them you know there's certain things that we don't want to say on this forum but having the not latest thing happening which is ultimately kidnapping for ransom you know these kids need to be able to say no i don't know you leave me alone and be able to confidently punch them without hurting themselves confidently kick them without hurting themselves because we know how dangerous it is if you aren't doing the correct technique or you're not using the correct aspect of a defense in order for you to protect yourself you know the way that we teach you how to make a fist if you don't make a fist correctly and you land up punching somebody and your fist is incorrect you're gonna do yourself way more damage than you're going to do to the person who's trying to attack you you know so having a level of confidence and granted i would never want to be in that situation and my heart bleeds for those that are constantly in those situations where they cannot defend themselves. It's something that having that extra level of security, because we teach you how to fight. We throw you in with all the guys, you know, there's a lot more guys in the dojo than there are females. So we're able to test our strength against one another. So for example, Jesse will go up against one of the smaller girls and he'll make sure that she's able to somewhat be able to protect herself against him and vice versa. We mix in with the guys purely based on the fact that guys are much stronger than us as it is. You know, guys will be able to pick us up and throw us over their shoulder in a matter of two seconds because we're so much smaller and we're weaker than them genetically. It's the way that we are designed. But I would rather have 
little girls and little boys be able to understand something about defense just in case they ever had to god forbid be in that situation because you it, don't ever want your kids to be there and it's all about defending yourself rather than being the attacker am i right exactly we highly encourage not to use whatever you learn in the dojo outside of the dojo unless you are in a dangerous situation that is the Jessie, rule like for sure no so jesse let's just move our attention away from the training and talk about competitions you sure. obviously participated in a lot of competitions um <laughs> just, what's the laugh taylor <laughs> <laughs> he's about to tell you why i'm laughing <laughs> Okay, tell us why she's laughing. Come on, let's hear. Pretty hectic lifestyle. Um, I'm away from home pretty much six months of the year competing overseas. So yeah, a lot of competitions is a good word for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I just see uh, all-style national champion, African region, South, South champion, UFA yeah. African continental medalist, Commonwealth champion, Gojo kind yeah. national champion. You're teaching it multiple. Where's all the time? Do you have a real job? Um, yeah, I can say this because so, we're on a Zoom. I wouldn't say this in yeah. front of you. I'm being honest. But you no, have no, a real job. Okay. No, so I'm actually still I'm still studying, um, which is yeah. why I can run so many karate schools. But um, also, I'm very fortunate that the karate schools do act like a real job because they are able to help fund me to get overseas to all of these international competitions. But yeah, very little amount of sleep and working from six in the morning until eight or nine in the evening. That that's pretty much how I'm able to fit it all in. <laughs> And when they say it's in your blood, I mean, you come from a family that's uh, been around with karate for a long time, haven't you? Yeah, so I'm a third generation karate kid in my family. So my grandfather did it, my dad did it, now I do it. And was there pressure on you or was it just natural that you wanted to do uh, what you did just, and your granddad just, did? Yeah, it was just natural. Okay, So look, unfortunately, my grandfather passed away before I was born. So um, I never really got to meet him, but... When I was five, my dad had to stop me from coming to the dojo because I was too young. That's how much I nagged him. So he never forced me into it, never put pressure on me. If I wanted to go and play chess, I could go and play chess. But I nagged him more than anything else. And, and Taylor, how did you get into it? I see you started at the age of seven. What made you get into karate? So um, at the time, so she and Russell was, well, Jess, you were, you were at Fairways Primary. And yes, yeah. we were both at the same primary school. And what landed up happening was that she and Russell landed up advertising in our weekly newsletter. And my mom wanted to actually get into something really physical and wanted to start learning karate. So my mom, my brother and I all started and I'm the only one that has continued <laughs> the karate <laughs> journey <laughs> out of the three of us. And then I noticed that your classes from three to the age of 60, I could qualify. Only just, though. 100%. If you want to start at 70, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't walk up the stairs at work. Anyone who's not doing karate, no. Tell us, yeah. uh, from your competition point of view, Taylor, how have you done around the world? You've enjoyed, obviously, gone to the, participated in Malaysia and world champs and so on. Yeah, so in my younger days, I did really well um, in the sporting side of karate. Um, I've achieved my protea colors as well as my ikurileni colors and my khaten colors. And then since I've gotten back, I'm working back towards getting my senior protea colors because it's a very long journey and it's very competitive in this industry. And when you are that good, you are that good. Like, it is exceptional hard work to get to the very top. And 
Jess is evident of that. You know, he works exceptionally hard and the man is exceptionally talented in karate. But it's very, very competitive. And working your way back up based off of the new system, it's something that takes each day, each step and each tournament. You know, you have to strive to be better at every single tournament that you go to and just keep improving your scores, keep improving your fitness, your strength, all of that. So it's a journey. Don't get me wrong. It's a really hard journey. But once you're there, you're there. And Jesse, I know that all physical sports like boxing and whatever, the fight can end in, in literally a second. Although with boxing, it's not like you're competing four, five, six times in a week in a tournament going through round after round to semifinals yeah. and to finals. But that two or three minutes maximum that you might be on the mat, how many hours a week do you put in for that one or two or three fights in a tournament? Yeah, it's it's a lot. Um so, so when I was younger, I can't do it anymore because I'm working. But when I was younger in school, I was putting in about two and a half to three hours a day on training. Um, and that was just for kata, which is the forms part of competition, not even for the fighting. So when it comes to competitive competition, I'm better at kata rather than kumite, which is your tournament fighting. So, yeah, I train for that more than anything else. But, yeah, it's it's a lot of time, a lot of prep, a lot of training. Yeah, and it's unfortunately something that you just have to do if you want to win. Now, I was doing when I was doing my research to try and sound intelligent in this conversation. <laughs> um, I came across when I went looked up Bojakai, and I see that it was founded by Chojun Miyagi. Is that the Miyagi in the Karate Kid? No, <laughs> no, 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 re- I mean, no relation. No, no, there was no core, nothing to do with the same thing. Was it just completely coincidental? I think the producers there just found the person that had originally made karate or made the style of Gorju, and then they used his name in the movie itself. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Gorju, the the system itself, which means hard soft, it was founded by Chojin Miyagi in uh, Okinawa then he originally had two students and one of them was a guy called Gogan Yamaguchi which he's nicknamed called the cat which is generally the stance that he fought in and he brought Goju back to mainland Japan and then he developed it into Goju Kai which is what we train today how many different styles are they (laughs) it's a very (laughs) good question yeah so just just to sum it up there are four major styles that are accepted in the world so there's Goju, there's Shotokan, there's Shitoryu, and there's Waduryu. But inside those four styles, there are many break-offs and many different variations of it. So like for Goju, you've got Goju-Ru, you've got Goju-Kai. For Shotokan, you've got JKA, you've got JKS. You've got... So there's there's many different break-offs, but the four majorly accepted styles are Goju, Shotokan, Shitoryu, and Waduryu. And tell me, Taylor, in competition mode, it's... Uh... The Goju Kai, that you, the style that you fight. So you can do, well, you've got your Goju Kai, which you can do only Goju Kai stuff at. So that will be its own tournament. And then we've got another one, which is all styles, which everybody can compete against. Um, and we're all mixed in together. So we're all doing our own style of cutter or we've adapted a different style of cutter so that we can do it. Um, to be competitive against everybody. So it's not just for us, we have two different tournaments at any given time. And it's not just one or the other. You know, we enter into both so that we have the best chance, but we also enter into both so that we can improve our forms and we can improve our strength and we can improve 
where we stand in a tournament setting. Um, so yeah. it's not just one or the other. We answer to both. So Jesse, when it says that you're a grade three or third Dan black belt in Kai, are you also a grade three Dan black belt in the other arts and the other forms of no. karate? Not. No. So so generally, when you when you start karate, you pick one style and you you stick with it. Um, and the reason for that is because the, the of the variations in the style. So you you can't actually adjust to some of the other styles based on the way they do their movements and the way they train. And some stuff is just slightly different. So most people will start with one style and that is a generally accepted style or a generally accepted Dan in that style. Um, just when it comes to fighting, you know, between the four styles, fighting is fighting. So everybody generally fights the same. There are slightly different variations, but when it comes to the fighting itself, everyone does the same fighting. It's just the forms and the techniques that are slightly different. Okay, so you guys are going to be off to a couple of championships. Tell us a little about it. Let's start with you, Taylor. Well, the main one that we are aiming for next year, we were invited to the 36th European Championships that is being held in Italy. There's a number of countries that are going. Jess and I have both been selected to represent South Africa, and that will be held in Italy in June, July next year. Um, and that is a really big tournament for us called Jukai individuals. However, we've got other all-style tournaments that are happening throughout the entire year. And Jess will touch base onto that because there's a very strong chance that he's going. So <laughs> I'm working my way to I hope so. <laughs> Tell us more. Yeah, so just with regards to the, the Italy trip, that is a only Gorjukai tournament. So you get your South African Gorjukai colors. Um, I just want to make that clear because they're different to protea colors that are governed by Sascock, but it's still one of the biggest competitions in the world for us because of the level of competition that happens. So yeah, there's the Gorjukai European Championships in Italy. Um, South Africa and Namibia have been invited to that by the European Gorjukai block, which was quite nice of them because we've missed the world championships now due to COVID. But so that's the first championships. And then yeah, when it comes to all styles next year and um, protea tours and selections, there's a lot happening next year. So the first thing off of the top of my head is the, the Region South Championships, which is the bottom half of Africa competing against each other. So that's South Africa, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Namibia, all of those Southern African countries. Then a couple of months later, I think in August is the African Games, which is quite a cool competition because that one is basically the continental version of the Olympics. So Sascock selects a team well they send them to Ghana next year for the African Games to compete and yeah you try and win almost like an Olympic medal and then yeah in November or October I can't remember the exact date is the WKF World Championships which is probably the biggest karate event in the world so here comes the curveball how much support does Sascock give you guys um so yeah when it comes to funding for athletes Sascock doesn't give anything to karate um as long as I have competed, we've never received anything from them. The major sports generally receive Sascock funding, so that's soccer, cricket, rugby. Um, because karate is considered an amateur sport in South Africa, we don't really receive any funding unless it's for something like the African Games. Then they will pay for your trip for there. But any other competition like the African Championships, the World Championships, and the Region South Championships is all self-funded. That must be difficult. Taylor, when you look at karate around the world, we seem to think... Obviously, it was founded in Japan. Are they still the best in the world, or is it spread oh. much more widely? <laughs> oh, you know, like, I'll even give it to Jess to answer this, but 
the competition across the world compared to South Africa, I mean, yeah, it's not even describable as to how exceptionally talented and how exceptionally good everywhere else in the world is. But I'll let Jess continue this because he knows a lot more about the international game than what I do at the moment. So, yeah, Japan is probably definitely still the best in the world. I mean, they did make the thing, so it would be their thing to be good at. But there are definitely countries that are as good at it at the, at the moment. So when you're looking at African countries, Egypt is definitely one of the top countries in the world as well. They've got a very good government-funded system where they pull athletes in, they train for six hours a day, and then they go to school in the same place. So Egypt is definitely one of the top top countries in the world. Spain as well, also a really good government-funded country. Yeah, Europe is generally a powerhouse for karate. Um, so is Asia. And then, yeah, Egypt and Morocco, because they're so close to the European countries, they compete against them quite often. So, yeah, as South Africans, it can be quite difficult against countries like Japan and Egypt and Spain. But, uh, yeah, we do what we have to in order to go there. Tell me something. How much Japanese do you guys know? Uh, <laughs> a fair I'm bit. I can, teach a, I can teach a class in Japanese, but not, not speak the language. <laughs> and you? Oh, yeah. So one of the things that we have to know, especially like once you get to your first black belt, so your shodan, you need to know and understand the Japanese terminology. And it's something that is so drilled into us from day one. You know, we teach the toddlers, how to count in Japanese. We teach them the Japanese terminology. We parrot feed it to them as well so that by the time they get to a black belt or even your brown belts and have to start assisting with teaching, they're able to teach you the Japanese and speak to you in Japanese. You know, because come your gradings, we have to do it in Japanese. We're not allowed to do it in English. So we can't say, okay, you're doing a head block. We have to say you're doing a Jordan Uke. You know, we have to explain that terminology. But other than that, that's pretty much as far as our Japanese vocabulary goes. So you will correct me if I get this wrong. Domo arigato gozamasu. There you go. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been wonderful, wonderful chatting to both of you. All the best. Fly the South African yeah. flag high. Thank and you so much. Chat you. We'd love to chat you once you've competed the, the competition. Arigato. I think awesome. Thank you now. so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us, guys. Much appreciated. Lovely stuff. That is tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. I have no idea how to say be nice to each other in Japanese, so I'll just do it <laughs> like I always do. Be nice to each other. Talk to you again tomorrow night. Bye for now.